decided that we're beginning a brand new series today called Filters. Filters. And I think this is going to be beneficial for you. I want to try to help you over the next four weeks and help myself over the next four weeks. I heard a pastor say one time, if you always preach out of your weakness, you'll never run out of things to preach about. And I believe that to be true. (laughs) If you always preach about what God is showing you and what God's doing in your own life, then you'll never run out of things to share with other people and that you can uh, be a blessing to other people. So we're going to begin this series today. And today, uh, in part one, uh, the subject, I want to talk to you on this subject. I was going to initially title this something different. And when I got here today, uh, the Lord gave me a different title. And so we're going to title this one simply, The Comma. The Comma. And you're thinking right now, what... In heaven's name is he talking about, and you'll know where I'm going in just a few minutes when we get toward the end of the message, but we're going to talk about the subject of the comma, and I'm curious today, uh, do we have any any Snapchat users at church today? Is there anybody here that uses Snapchat? We got a few people. What about uh, what about Instagram? Anybody use Instagram? A little, little bit more people. What about Facebook? Yeah, there's the, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there's the there's the crowd right there. Uh, no, we all don't we like social media. Do you like social media? Do you like getting on Facebook? Some of you are like, no, people post junk about me and I don't like it. Uh, most of us like social media. I know I do. And one of the things that I love about it is just being able to see other people's pictures and and their life that's going on. Would anybody agree with me? You just like seeing, I like seeing people that I haven't seen in a long time. You can stay up to date with them on Facebook. I mean, this this service is on Facebook and will be archived for, I guess, ever. And so <laughs> two years from now, you can go back and watch this on Facebook. It's just an incredible tool that we have. And I love seeing people's families and pictures of their kids. And I have people tell me all the time, you know, I haven't seen you in so long, but we... We, you know, have been keeping up with you on Facebook, and we know what your kids look like, and we know how old they are now, and we know that Hadley got her hair cut, and we know, you know, all this stuff, and sometimes it kind of freaks you out, if we're just being honest, because so many people can know so much about you just through social media, but I love, I love that, and I, I personally use Instagram and Facebook a lot. I'm not so much into, I've never really gotten into Snapchat so much, uh, but I love Facebook and Instagram, and right now I'm looking at my phone and I have, I'm really tempted, like most of you are, when you pull out your phone and you see the little red bubbles. If you have an iPhone that says like 14 next to Facebook, you're like, oh, 14 new notifications. Let's see what's going on. But I love, I love, well, there's more my wife shared today's, today's thing. But I love being able to go through here and we follow a lot of other uh, churches, that, pastors that we know. And we'll keep up with them and what, things that they're doing and things that are going on or whatever. And I, I love being able to scroll through here and here's like where everybody, it's so cool because you can personalize Facebook to show you first what you want to see first. Did you know that? You, there's a setting you can go in and the people that you want to see their posts all the time, you can click the setting. And so a lot of the church stuff that's posted or people in the church or my wife or you know some of our good friends, I like to see their stuff first, you know, and, and the people that you like and comment on the most are the people that you'll see. Facebook is all about an algorithm that, that shows you what it thinks that you want to see based on what you've liked and commented on and shared and all of that stuff. But I, I love social media. I love scrolling through the pictures, and I can like and comment on things that you're posting. There's this new feature on Facebook. That's been around for a few months now, but now you can't. You don't have to just like and comment on somebody's stuff. You can react to somebody's stuff. Have you have you checked this out? 
on Facebook, you can react. If you hold down on the like button, it gives you options. And you can do, you can, you know, you can heart, you can love somebody's stuff. Or, you know, I like, my personal favorite is the one that says, wow. Have you checked out the one that says, wow? And it's this little emoji, his mouth is open and he's just, you know, looking all over the place like this. I love doing that to people. Just when people, you know, when I see people, it's like, well, I don't know why you said wow to that, but okay. <laughs> you know, maybe you just like the emoji. I don't know. But it's this cool new feature that you can do on Facebook where you can react. I can tag you in my pictures. And if my privacy settings are right, you can tag yourself in my pictures, which is kind of weird sometimes. But you find yourself in a picture and you can go in there and tag yourself in a picture. And social media is this awesome, awesome tool. I can even, one of my favorite things about Instagram, and I know Snapchat has this too, but one of my favorite things about Facebook and Instagram is the filters. Does anybody like the filters on Instagram or Snapchat? I know Snapchat has this all new, they're just going all out on this stuff. You can see where people are standing while they're standing there now. But on Instagram and Facebook, personally, I like the filters. I like going on there, you take a picture, right, and you can go on there and you can make the water look more blue than what it actually was. And you can you can take away like all the stuff in the background, you know, and you can make it look a different color and and all of this stuff. You can make it look antique. You can make it black and white. You can do all this stuff. And I love to mess with that. And my wife gives me a hard time sometimes because I can tell you probably everything that this phone can do because as soon as I get a new phone, I want to sit down and just, just mess with everything. I'm just trying everything. There's a new update for an app. I'm like, oh, I need to see what they did, you know? And so I'm scrolling through there. It's like, oh, look at that. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But I love the filters. And I can even take, we, we love to do this, don't we? We love to take pictures of ourselves, don't we? We love to, I'm looking at myself right now. Hey, can y'all get in? I'm going to, I know we're at church and everything, but if you're in the middle section, everybody smile and wave. That's awesome. So we can we can take pictures of ourselves and instantly go on. And if you're hopefully you don't mind me posting on social media because I'm going to put this on while we're at church. People are going to think, Doesn't, isn't that guy a pastor? Why was he posting at 11:15 a.m. when church is supposed to be going on, right? But that's just how we do things at Impact because we're just like that. So I'm not going to tag you in it because that would take way 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 too long. Hashtag filters. <laughs> Little toggle button that, you know, says you goes to Facebook also, right? You know. It is. It is gonna be on Instagram. Location, Impact Church, the address is on there. It's awesome. Share. Awesome. So you'll be able to go back and see that. Gabe posted a picture of you at 11:19 a.m. on a church day. It's cool, but we <laughs> we take we take all these pictures. We like the filters, or I know I do. And isn't it interesting how I can take the actual picture and make it look completely different with a filter? Isn't it interesting that I can take a picture on vacation? And I can add stuff in the background, and I can, you know, we can use, if you know how to use Photoshop, you can Photoshop all this stuff in. You can take pictures of family pictures and pick people's faces off the different pictures and put them all in one picture so that you have a good picture, right? Because nobody ever looks all at the same time when you're taking a family picture. But it's, it's interesting to me, and the reason that I like the filters so much 
is because I can take a regular picture and make it look however I want it to look. I can remove, you know, you can go on and you can remove the pimples from your face. You know, some of us, we do that. You can make it look like you had, you took a picture with no makeup on. And you can make it look like you have makeup on. You can change the color of your lips. You can do all this stuff just using filters. And I want you to check out some of these images. I think we've got them on the screen. Do we have those up there? And these are just some before and after shots of, go ahead and go to the next one. This is the original picture. This is with a filter. It does not even look like the same picture. Like where did that, where, like where did the city come from in the background, right? You know, let's go to the next one. This little girl standing here, and I check this out. Look at what you can do. Isn't that just, be- I heard somebody say, oh, <laughs> isn't that just beautiful? Just this little girl. All right, let's see the next one. This little baby laying down. Oh, and now all of a sudden it's fall. <laughs> right? It could be winter. It could be summer. It could be anything but fall, but we've made it fall because of a filter. Let's see the next one. This is a pretty good one. Go ahead and show the next. Oh, man, it makes it look creepy, really, if you ask me. And here, I think this is the last one. This is probably my favorite out of all of them. Isn't that pretty amazing? What you can do with a filter. I can show you whatever I want you to see because I can filter it before I let you see it. You don't know what it looks like on my phone. You don't know what the original picture looks like in my photo app. You just see what I put on Instagram when I added a filter to it to make it look the way that I wanted it to look for you to see it. You can deceive people into believing that you look a certain way or that you are a certain way by using filters, by using a filter. And it's interesting to me how temptation does the same thing. Isn't it interesting How temptation, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but temptation in your life, any kind of temptation, does the exact same thing. The devil will filter what he wants you to see or think. He will filter it so that you see it a certain way and you think about it a certain way. It may not be the way that it is, but it'll be something that you looks more appealing to you. In fact, let me show you this in the Bible. One of the very first stories in the Bible, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the fruit, eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Isn't it interesting that everything was accessible to them except one thing? One thing. God said, I want you to choose me. I want you to choose not to do this one thing. I'm going to put this guardrail in your life. I'm going to put I'm going to I'm going to set you on the right path and just don't do if you do this, it's not going to be beneficial for you. So just don't do this one thing. Just choose to serve me. Choose to do what I tell you. Choose to obey. Choose. You can do anything you want. You have access to everything except one thing, and it's the one thing that got us in trouble. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. 
the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. What the enemy will do to me and to you is he will take temptation. Can I just tell you this morning that the enemy knows your spot? He knows what gets you every time. He knows where to just poke you a little bit right here and it'll cause you to give in to that thing. He knows where your spot is. And what he'll do is he'll dress it up to make it look better than what it actually is. He'll dress it up and make it look like something that it's really not. Have you ever seen someone's profile picture on Facebook and then you saw them in perfect person and you were like, what in the world? (laughs) Like, who are you? (laughs) You see this profile picture and you think, wow, this person is good looking or they have, you know, look at their family. Their family's perfect and all this stuff. And then you see them in person. And you're like, I don't, you don't even look like the same person. I don't even know who you are right now. You know, hopefully you're not, you know, just going on Facebook and choosing who you're going to date based on what their profile picture looks like. Because I was watching a, I was watching a, a video that somebody posted on Facebook a while back. And it was this guy, he was going around and he was, he was messaging these girls on Facebook and telling them, hey, I just moved here, let's meet up and let's, you know, I'd like to meet some new people or whatever. And they're like leaving the house, lying to their parents and going to meet people that look a certain way on Facebook. And then when they get there, it's like this 30-something-year-old man. And of course, the whole thing he was telling them, basically the point of it was he was telling them and trying to get their attention, don't do this. You can't judge it off of what you see on social media because we can use filters and we can make things look the way that we want other people to see them. But you see somebody's Facebook profile picture or their Instagram picture and you're like, you don't even look the same when I see you in person. Like, you don't look as tall. Your hair's a different color. I don't, you know, it's like, well, in that picture, your lips were red. Now they're not. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know who you are because you changed it so much. And the snake, his first foothold in Eve's mind was tempting her to doubt God. The first thing he tried to do was tempt her to doubt God. And we could, we could, someone said it like this one time, and I think we have this on the screen. You can write this down if you want to. It says, if you believe God is withholding from you, you'll go outside of his plan and timing to experience the joy you're looking for. Let me just, let me just say that again. If you believe that God is withholding from you, you'll go outside of his plan and timing to experience the joy that you're looking for. This is exactly what happened in Genesis 3. The enemy comes along and he slithers up. God really is just holding out on you. If you will just take a bite of the fruit from that tree, you're not going to die. He just doesn't want you to be like him. You'll be like, he just knows that you'll be like God and you'll know right from wrong and you'll have all this wisdom if you do this. And so God is holding out on you. God is withholding something good from you. 
And of course, she believes that we're, in this translation it says, the woman was convinced by what the enemy said that God was holding out on them. She was convinced that I actually need to do this because I want that wisdom. I want to be like God. I want to know everything. I want to do this. And it's all filtered. It was all filtered. But she was convinced about what the enemy was saying. If you believe he's withholding from you, you'll get outside of his plan. You'll get outside of his purpose. You'll start doing your own thing to try to get the joy that you think you're missing out on because you think God's holding out on you. Can I tell you this morning that God is not holding out on you? God's not withholding. If you go, if you read through the Bible, Jesus came so that you can have life to the fullest. That doesn't sound like God's holding anything back from us. That sounds like if we're not experiencing life to the fullest, the, the problem's not God. The problem's me. If I'm not experiencing the life that, that Jesus died for me to experience, God's not the problem. He's not holding back and holding this is like dangling in front of you and as you get closer he pulls it back a little bit and dangling and he pulls it back a little bit. That's not the way God works. He's, his plans and purpose for you are good and perfect and his will for you is perfect. He's not holding anything back from you. Let me give you a few more examples of what I'm talking about this morning. And For the first one, I want us to take a, a look at one of the uh, one of the all time classic movies. Uh, this will take you. This will probably take you way, way, way back. But I want you to watch this clip. Now, the first thing that I notice about this is that animation has gotten way better. 
over time. <laughs> you don't realize how much until you go back and you watch clips of old cartoons and animated movies. But do, do you get how, isn't it, isn't it cool how Snow White can teach us about Jesus? <laughs> that the, the temptation from the witch, she made the apple look shiny and red and delicious and juicy and oh my gosh, I want a bite of that. But you don't see what's underneath and what it's actually going to do to you if you give in to that temptation. Because the enemy will make it look so good. And he'll come to you. And let me just tell you, the enemy loves it when you're alone. When you're around other believers, this is why, and I know right now we're on like a four-week break from iGroups, but this is why we're going to go ahead and start telling you now about fall iGroups coming up because you need to be in a group. You need to be around people that believe in Jesus, that are growing, that can hold you accountable, that'll be there for you if something happens. You need to be in a group because the enemy, did you notice what the witch did? Oh, are you here alone? There's nobody else around you. Oh, they're not here. They're gone. Oh, this is the perfect time for me to start playing with your mind and making you think different things than what you know to be true and making it look good so that you want to give in. It doesn't, it's not as easy when you're around people and you're in relationship with people that believe the way that you believe and will be there for you and will have honest conversations with you. It's not as easy for you to give in to that because you're in relationship, you're in community, you're doing life together with other people. Think about it, think about it this way. Do we have any people that like to fish? Does anybody like to fish? What do you what do you do when you go fishing? What do you put on the hook when you go fishing? <laughs> the hand in the mouth. Not me. <laughs> You put most people, unless you're like professional fishermen and you got all the good stuff, you're going to go, if you're like us, when our kids go fishing, it's just dig up some worms out of the ground, right? You put a worm on the hook to catch the fish. Fish might be stupid, but they're not crazy enough to just swim toward a hook that's in the water. You just got your hook dangling in the water, and all these fish think, oh, I want to go bite that hook. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to go get poked in the mouth so that I can bleed and, and get drug up out of the water and somebody, you know, cut me up and eat me. That's not, but what do we do? But a fish will swim toward a worm that's in the water. And so we put the worm on the hook to catch the fish because we don't want the fish to see the hook. We don't want the fish to see what I'm really going to do to you, <laughs> what I, what's really about to happen. We just want them to see the worm. You like, you like worms? You like worms? <laughs> Let me just put this worm. Let me put this worm in the water so that you'll bite this worm. I don't want you to see the hook because if you just see the hook, we're not stupid enough to just swim toward a hook. 
If the devil just came to you and said, hey, I'm going to tempt you with this, and if you give in, it's going to ruin your marriage, and it's going to ruin your life, and you're going to be you're going to be depressed for the next 10 years, and you're going to struggle with this, and then you're going to fight breaking this addiction, and you're going to have to do this. If the devil came to us and told us all that, we'd be like, it's kind of like those commercials you see for medication on TV, and they're telling you, it's like, if you have itchy, watery eyes, you can take this medicine. And it's going to help your itchy, watery eyes, and it's going to be awesome. And at the very end, they're talking so fast you can't even understand what they're saying. They're talking like this. They're like, but you may, you know, it's like the side effects are like, you know, you're, you're going to die, and your heart could stop beating, and you don't need to take this if you're five foot eight, and you don't, you know, all this crazy stuff, the side effects. And by the time it's over, most of the time, I'm like, I think I'll just keep my itchy, watery eyes. <laughs> I don't want that, <laughs> Right? You know, it's like, uh, do I really want to take a chance? Like, it'll cure my itchy, watery eyes, but there's a chance that I might be in the hospital for the next three months because my heart starts acting up and acting crazy because I took it. If the devil came to you and told you that that's going to happen, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But he doesn't do that. He dangles the worm. (laughs) He dangles the worm in front of you and says, you know you like this. Oh, you're trying, let's just use this for an example. You're trying to lose weight, but you know you like Oreos. We're just being crazy. You know you like, and so, can I, if you're trying to lose weight, you probably don't need Oreos in the pantry. Because how many of you know when you go to the pantry to get your apple, and it's next to the Oreos, I'm picking up the Oreos, right? It's the worm. It's the worm. You don't see, don't, we're not stupid enough to just swim toward the hook. But the enemy puts the worm on there. And if you knew what doing that would start in your life and where you would be in five years because of the decision that you made today, you wouldn't do it. But the enemy's not going to tell you that. He's going to come to you and say, God is just holding out on you. And you really like this anyway, and you don't really need that in your life. And doesn't this look good? And if you do that, then you're really just going to be like God. And God doesn't want that. Like, God wants to be all by himself. He wants to be the only God. And if you do this, and you're going to be like God, and you're going to know right from wrong, and you're going to have all this power and all this wisdom. And he disguises it that way. And a lot of times, we take the bait. And we fall into temptation, and we fall into traps, and we fall into addictions, and we fall into things that later on in our life we don't like that we fell into. And it can all be traced back to a filter that the enemy used to make it look better than what it actually was. To make it look like something that it actually was not. The devil likes to put a worm on the hook to catch you. And he's making it look better. He's making the temptation look better than what it really is. And so how do we expose the filters the enemy will place over temptation? How do we keep from taking the bait? I have one point today. One point. And this is going to sound so simple. But a lot of us struggle with this. Myself included. It's going to sound so simple, you're going to think, oh my gosh, this took him five minutes to come up with this, and why did we even come to church today? But I'm telling you, I'm going somewhere with this if you just stick with me for the next five or ten minutes. Here's, here's my one point today. Can we go ahead and throw that on the screen? 
fall in love with Jesus. Fall. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me crazy like, really? We came to church. We know who Jesus is. <laughs> but are you in love with Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus? Not do you know Jesus? Not have you heard about Jesus? Can I just tell you that hearing about Jesus is not going to keep you from giving in? That knowing who Jesus is, that there is a God, it's not going to keep you from giving in. But can I tell you what will help you? Is if you fall in love with Jesus. Look at this scripture in John 14, 15. It says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. Now here is, here is the, if, if I can use this word today, here is the religious way that I believe most of us have been taught. If you grew up in church or you've been to church before, here's the religious way that most of us have heard this verse. Well, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. I don't know why you're doing that, because if you really love me, you wouldn't be doing it. If you really love me, you wouldn't be giving into that. And I don't know where you're even, you don't even really love me because you're giving into that. And we, we have this emphasis on obeying the commands. Here's how I think this verse actually reads. If Jesus was here today in the flesh and was going to quote this scripture, I think he would say it this way. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you love me, you'll do what I ask you to do. If you love me, you won't, you won't give in to that because you're in love with me. And we put the wrong emphasis on the wrong side of the comma. We're, we're so focused on exposing the temptation, exposing the filter, obeying the commands, doing what I need to do to, to not give in to this. I need to try harder. I need to work harder. I need to do this and all this. Because we think, well, if I love Jesus, I wouldn't be doing it. So apparently I don't love Jesus. And, and, I, and we just condemn ourselves. When, when Jesus is saying, if, if you fall in love with me, you won't do that. If you love me, You'll obey my commands. I don't think Jesus is here saying it in a harsh tone. Like, I can't believe you're doing that. He's just saying, if you'll fall in love with me, you won't even want to. It won't be the, the thing that's in the front of your mind because you're in love with me. If you love me, you won't fall for the enemy's tricks. And if you love me... <laughs> You'll see right through every filter that the enemy tries to put over every temptation that he throws your way. If you love me, you'll see right through it. You'll expose it. It won't even be that big of a deal. We can say it this way. We keep the focus wrong a lot of times, and that's why we fall for the filters. And I think we have this. You can write this down. The focus cannot be on keeping the commands or trying to expose temptation. The focus has to be on loving Jesus. Because when we love Jesus, we, we, don't, we don't give in to this over here. If we know what we have over here with Jesus, then that over here doesn't even look that good. 
Am I saying you're not going to be tempted? Nope. <laughs> you're going to be tempted every day. Just wanted to encourage you. You're going to be tempted every single day. because Just because you make the decision, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus today, the enemy's not going to be like, good. <laughs> well, we lost one. <laughs> we'll just go over here to this. No, it's probably going to make him even more upset with you if we just want to be real. But falling in love with Jesus is the only antidote to not giving in to the filters that the enemy puts on temptation all the time. You got to fall in love with Jesus. And I'm about to help some some married people today in here. Anybody married in here? I know I'm married. I'm about to help myself right here. I was helping myself and I was putting these in my notes. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I want you to think about it this way, especially if you're married. You can relate to this. If you're not married yet and you want to be married, then listen now. Listen now. And it'll help you when you get married. All right? When you fall in love with someone, let's just say you're, how old were we when we met? I was 21, 20, 21, something like that. And you were 17. She was young, y'all. <laughs> if, if, when, when you meet the person that you're married to now, when you met them, think about it. Or if you're if you're in a relationship right now, when you when you're falling in love with somebody, you know that you don't notice all of the bad habits that they have. And you know I'm telling you the truth right now, and I'm about to help you. Oh, I'm about to help you. You're gonna walk out of here thinking if you don't remember anything else, you're gonna know how to have a successful marriage when you walk out of Impact Church today. Because when you fall in love, you're not so focused on all of the bad habits. You're not focused on all of the bad things. You don't really notice that they smack when they eat. When you're falling in love. <laughs> you don't. You don't you don't really notice that they talk a lot. When you're dating and you're in a relationship and you're falling in love, it's like I just love the sound of her voice. It's 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 incredible. I just can't get enough of her talking. <laughs> I can't, and there are some men that talk a lot too, so I'm not excluding you. There's some women in here thinking right now, yeah, I thought that his voice sounded awesome too when we were dating, and now, my gosh, he will never shut up. <laughs> but you don't notice it. You don't really notice that they're not a good driver. When you're in love, when you're falling in love, it's like, can I drive? Yes, you can drive my car. <laughs> you, are, you are God's gift to me. And my car is my gift to you. And you just you just get behind the wheel. <laughs> you know I'm telling you the truth. We're all laughing. But you know I'm telling you the truth. When you're falling in love, you don't notice all of that stuff. But after you've been married for a little while, and the newness has worn off, what do most of us do? We start noticing. <laughs> We're like, oh my gosh, why do they like roll the toothpaste up from the bottom. Like, what is that even about? Why? Oh my goodness. He shaves and doesn't even clean all the hair out of the sink before he goes to work. So, I'm going to get y'all in trouble because y'all, some of y'all are slapping your husband's knee right now. You leave here today, you're going to be eating. I know what you're going to be talking about over lunch today. He's like, you know what the pastor said today? That's You need to start cleaning that hair out of that sink because I've been noticing. 
we when after you've been together for a long time and the newness wears off, what, I'm not saying you fell out of love, but you got your focus on the wrong thing. We're focused on the other on the wrong side of the comma. And instead of being focused on how much we love our spouse and what got us to this place and how crazy we were about each other, little time goes on and we get closer to the comma. And closer to the comma, we're like, whoop, there's the comma. And we step over the comma. <laughs> and we get over here. I'm helping some of you right now. I'm telling you, I'm helping you right now. You're going to have a better marriage from this Sunday on. And we get over here and we're starting to focus on all of this. Like, oh, like, now nah, I don't like, like, I don't know why I didn't notice that I didn't like the food that she cooked. And now I'm over here and it's like, why are you not cooking why are you not and you forget it's like well when you're over here you were going so much you were eating out all the time you didn't even know what the food tastes like and now you're over here and you're focused on the wrong thing we're getting on we gotta we have to get back on the right side of the comma (laughs) and say that you know what this can apply this can apply to my marriage also (laughs) that if i'm over here and i'm focused on how much i love you I'm not worried. It's like, it's like you can look at your spouse like, if I love you, I'm not going to, that, that stuff over there, I'm not going to focus on that. This, this isn't going to be as big of a deal anymore when I'm focused on the love that's here. It's the same way in your life and your relationship with Jesus and temptation that the enemy tries to bring you. We get over here on the wrong side of the comma too often and we got to do more do more do more we're screwing up we feel guilty we feel condemned we feel all these things and if we would just get over here jesus is here today and he's just saying he's i believe he's sitting right next to you and he just says if you love me you'll obey my commands (laughs) if you just really fall can we just really fall in love with jesus and not not the the puppy dog love that well as long as jesus is doing what i want him to do then I love him, and when he doesn't do what I want him to do, I'm going to step over the comma, and I'm going to get over here on this side, and I'm going to start focusing on everything that's wrong in my life, everything that I want that I'm not getting, everything that I thought I would have by now, but I haven't gotten now. If we just get back over here, I just, I just love Jesus. <laughs> I just love Jesus. And the enemy's like, but, but you didn't get what you thought you were going to get. I just, Jesus, his plan for me is perfect. (laughs) And so I'm not worried, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about what you're telling me I didn't get. So you can just get on out of here. (laughs) You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to catch me with that worm anymore. I know what's underneath it. I know where it got me last time and I'm not going back there. And so I'm over here and I just love Jesus. And when we believe, when we read the word and we see that all that God has already promised us and all that God says about us and we fall in love with Jesus, then all of this stuff is not the focus. This is not the focus. The reason, the reason you're struggling or the reason you're, the, can I just be bold for a second? A, a lot of times, I won't say all the time, but a lot of times the reason that you get mad at God when things go wrong in your life is because you're on this side of the comma. And a, f- a few months ago, we did a series called I Want to Believe But, and one of those was, uh, I don't remember what the title of it was, but basically, we were talking about how when God, on-demand God, 
That's what we talked about. And we feel like God needs to do what I want him to do when I want him to do it. And he needs to do it this way and this, and this timing and this and that. And when it doesn't happen and we're over here, we get frustrated and we get mad at God. And God, why are you not doing this? Why did this happen? Why me? Why them? Why not them? Why is this going on? All this stuff. But if we would just learn to live over here, that everything that God does, there's a purpose and there's a reason And God's plan for me and his purpose for me is good. God would never do anything to harm me, never do anything to hurt me, never do anything to tempt me. Temptation does not come from God. We've got to get on the right side of the comma. I love how this scripture... I don't know if it was originally written that way with a comma... But I love how we translated it with a comma. And I think that there's a reason why it was translated that way and there's a comma in between there. You've got to, I know I'm driving this point into the ground. But we gotta, we ha, we've got to get this. I was going to go on to the <laughs> next thing I wanted to say, but I just don't feel released to do it. We've got to get the fact that it's all about falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. And get off of all the stuff. All the junk. All the, the junk that's happening to us. All the difficulty we're facing. And step over the comma and say, you know what? I'm just going to love Jesus with everything that I have. And no matter what happens to me, there's a reason for it. And God works all things together for the good. And no weapon that's formed against me will ever prosper because I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. I want to bring the worship team back up. If you guys will come back up. The focus can't be on the keeping the commands and doing better or trying to expose temptation or remove the filter, all those things. There's only one way to do that. You got to fall in love with Jesus. We can say it this way when we fall in love with Jesus, we'll see through the filters the enemy tries to bring. When we fall in love with Jesus, we'll see through the filters the enemy tries to bring. And I want you to think for just a moment. Here in, here in a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to sing one final song. We're going to worship together. You're going to have the opportunity to, to be prayed for if you want to be prayed for. But I want to ask you a few questions just to get you thinking. And I want you to envision this. I want you to think about it in your mind. For just a moment, think about what your life would look like if you truly fell in love with Jesus. If you truly fell in love with Jesus, what would your life look like? What would your marriage look like if you saw through if you quit seeing through the filters the enemy has placed over your eyes. And all you can see right now is everything that you don't like that they do. Everything that frustrates you about them. Everything that you don't like. Everything that you didn't know. You know, do we, we say this little line all the time. Well, if I didn't know what I was getting myself into. God knew. And it's all about you're on the wrong side of the comma. What would your marriage look like if you got on the right side of the comma? If it was more focused on 
your love? What would your perspective of your job be if you remove the filters? We like to complain about our jobs. Not me. I love my job. But we like to complain about our jobs. And it's because we're over here. And we're focused on all the stuff that we don't like and the coworker that just ticks us off every time we come to work. Our boss that we just can't stand. All of this stuff. We're over here when we need to be over here. And you know what? I'm in love with Jesus and God provided this job for me. And God put me right where he wants me to be. And there's a reason why I'm there. There's a purpose why I'm there. And I'm going to focus on that instead of all the other stuff. How would you treat your kids if you saw them through God's eyes and not the filter you've been seeing them through? How would you, how would you change the way that you treat your kids if you saw them through your love for Jesus and not through all of the stuff that frustrates you? How would it change the way that you treat them? How would you serve God if you were focused on loving Him? How would you, think about your life right now, how would you serve God differently if you were focused on your love for Him? If you were so in love with Jesus, how would it change the way that you serve Him? How would it change what you do? And here's the last one, and then we're going to pray. What else would you be doing to serve if you saw things the way that God sees them. If you're focused on in being in love with Jesus, what would your relationship with God look like? How would it be different? How would you serve differently? How would you serve Him differently? What, what things would you begin to do? What things would you stop doing? If you were focused on, if you were on this side of the comma, what would you do differently and what would that look like in your life? In your family, your marriage, your kids, your job, everything. Will you stand this morning? God, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for doing what only you can do. And God, I pray that these would not be just words today, but Lord, that we would apply them. That there would be application when we leave here today. I want to ask you this. If there's anybody here today with eyes closed, heads bowed, and you don't know Jesus, and you, you, you're standing here and you think, I've never, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never asked for forgiveness. I've never received his forgiveness. I've never invited Jesus into my life. I, I've just been doing it my way and what I think's best. And today, I want to make a change. Today, I want to transfer. I want to I jump on the other side of the comma. And I want to, to fall in love with Jesus. If that's you today, I just want you to pray this prayer in your heart and I believe that it, it's you just pray this in your heart and you just pray this to the Lord in your heart Jesus thank you for loving me thank you for dying for me thank you for dying for my sins and thank you for for raising from the dead so that I could have life and Lord today I I receive your forgiveness I ask you to forgive me of all my sins come into my life change me, transform me. I give my life to you. Today, I step onto the other side of the comma and I, I want to fall in love with you. I want to know you more. I want to know everything that you have for me. I want everything that you have for me and nothing that you don't. I want the life to the fullest that you talk about. And I'm making that decision today. Save me.
Thank you for saving me. And from this moment forward, help me to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, would you be bold enough to just slip your hand in the air? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands everywhere. That's incredible. That's incredible. Best decision you could ever make. Now, here's what I want to challenge you with. If you prayed that prayer, I challenge you to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. If you want to come down in just a moment, we're going to sing one final song. And if you want to come down to to one of these people on the prayer team and you just want to tell them, you know what? I'm excited today because I, I received forgiveness. I accepted Christ today for the first time. And I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you what I did. I invite you to do that. If you need prayer for anything in your life, no matter what it is, you can come down during this final song and receive prayer. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time of prayer. I ask in Jesus' name that you would draw every person who needs prayer. Amen.